Does your home ever feel like the Tower of Babel? Like maybe all of the languages in your home have been confounded? Nobody gets anybody. Everybody's confused. No one's listening. And it is just really difficult to get anything done. Well, today we're going to talk all about how to avoid those moments. And we're going to let the brother of Jared teach us what we can do to stay connected and communicating. Welcome to the Simple Joyful Home Podcast. Join Emily and Alicia, two moms doing their best. This is a podcast about Come Follow Me and the Book of Mormon, and how anything you learn from the scriptures can be transformed into practical and simple solutions to strengthen your home, your relationships, and even yourself. If you're ready to triumph over self-doubt and increase the joy in your heart and in your home, join them on this inspired journey. Take it away, ladies. Hey, this is Alicia. And this is Emily. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Okay, so this week we are reading Ether 1 through 5. I have loved reading these chapters. It's kind of a breath of fresh air, something different than wars and destruction. So these chapters have been really great. And oh, we pulled such wonderful little things. But the one thing that we really liked was Jared and the brother Jared, they were near the Tower of Babel, or there's a tower that confound that the Lord is going to confound all the languages and and different things. And they wanted to be able to hear and understand each other. So Jared says, Hey bro, will you pray? <laughs> hey bro. <laughs> hey bro. Will you pray and just ask that we can understand each other? And so the brother Jared's like, sure, I'm going to go pray. And they are able to hear each other. And then Jared says, Hey bro, what about our family and friends? And he's like, yes, I'll go pray for that too. And so anyway, the Lord blesses them that they are able to hear each other. So like with Jared, he knew that if he would go and ask his brother to pray, that those prayers would be answered. Like such faith between them. The brother of Jared had such faith that when he actually communicated with Heavenly Father, his prayers were being answered. It's just a neat little gifts of communication, we thought. A thing maybe we can learn from and apply to our family. Not only how can we pray to not be confounded. Like how can we keep lines of communication open in our families, but also recognizing gifts in our family because everyone's way of communication is going to be different. And we wanted to pull this and, and apply this to our families. So have you ever felt like your home may be that the language is on the verge of being very confounded if it's not there already? And when they say confounded, like a language is confounded, um, here's a definition we found, and it seemed very applicable. <laughs> it's when you mix in something else so that the individual elements become difficult to distinguish. That is what confounding is. So when you and your spouse or you and your child or you and God are trying to communicate, you're the elements you need to be able to see and somehow something is mixed in there so you can't distinguish when you're being communicated with or when you're communicating. For the people at the Tower of Babel, that was literally something was mixed in like, I don't know, 50 new languages. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. It's not <laughs> scripturally um, no, but it was, sound. But it was their actual language. Yeah. They were mixed up and there were new ones mixed in and it made it difficult for them to understand one another. And Jared and his brother were praying to Heavenly Father to find out how to avoid that for them because they wanted to be able to communicate. They knew the importance of that. 
Um, and they knew that in order to stay together and build and strengthen one another, they needed that. And so we also know that is true of families. So today we, we got talking about this. We're like, what confounds us in our homes, in our ability to communicate in our homes? And so yes. we were thinking of a couple of one thing that confounds my ability to communicate with my family um, was multitasking. Sometimes I'm like cooking at the stove and I'm also listening to something on my phone, like a book or a podcast. And my kid's asking me a question. I don't know why I try and listen to a book or a podcast ever <laughs> when I'm doing something and my children are actively engaged in, or in that moment, you know, that is just poor planning on my part. It's not their fault. So Anyway, that's one of the things that confounds my ability to communicate with my kids or for them to communicate with me. It's something mixed in that gets in the way of us yeah. connecting. Yeah, multitasking for sure. And us moms, we think we do really good at it, but let's most be honest. of the time we do. <laughs> I don't. I think it's just uh, when we hit like four or five tasks okay, at the same yeah, time right. that we start to like tap out. Fine. Two or three. We can do that in our sleep. Yeah. We practically we do. do. How many of you, <laughs> how many of you change a diaper and answer a question and do something else all while still staying awake? Yeah. Call that a win. I call that multitasking. Check if the house is safe, <laughs> right? put a kid back in bed. Oh. All yes. while still sleeping. <laughs> oh wait. Or wishing you were. Not that uh. Okay, multitasking. <laughs> so I wrote down like body language. Sometimes having like a closed off body language can make it hard for someone to communicate. So I do this all the time is my son who loves to talk to me and has a lot of stories to say. He's talking to me as I'm like turned away from him walking out of the room. I think that's a pretty strong body language indicator that I'm not listening <laughs> and he's like following me and he's still trying to talk to me. I mean, that it is, that's not great. Or, like even like Steve, if he's really tired at night, I can tell by his eyes that he's having a hard time like listening and being engaging in the conversation. It's it might just time. Get, his tiredness might be getting mixed in with your ability to connect. Yes, <laughs> very Got much it. so. <laughs> you know, yeah, just the way you're facing each other. You know, have have you ever had those like body language classes where you can tell a person's like engaged in a conversation just by how they're facing you? But it it plays a part in. I believe communication. So, mm -hmm. I think it can get in the way of us connecting. I think that's really, really true. So another one we were thinking of is how routine and familiarity can sometimes confound our language and our communication. Do you remember the first time you took your kid to kindergarten? I mean, or school of any kind, a new class, a new dance class, whatever it might have been. And you drop them off and you're like, okay, now do you have any questions? Do you know where you're going? Like you're super attentive, hopefully. And then when you pick them up, you're like, how did it go? What did you like? Who was your friend? Like, what? what? you're like asking them all the questions and you want to know and you're listening and all of those things. And then by the 25th dance class, you're like, hey, get in the car. Are you buckled yet? We have got to go. <laughs> I mean, you're just going. It's just part yeah. of your routine. And that routine has gotten in the way of you connecting. It's just, it's familiar. So we miss the opportunity because it's familiar has been mixed in with our connection. Yeah. Even if like, like your spouse starts a new job mm -hmm. and they come home that first and how was it? 
tell me all about it. Oh, it's even so the first true. like few weeks, probably like, how's it going? Are you getting it? And then they come home after 12 years and you're like, <laughs> don't even like you rarely even ask them. <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, how's your day? Good. It's your turn. I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need five I minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's don't know. True. That's really true. Or like really with my kids, like they come home the same time every day and they walk in and sometimes I just doing my own thing. Like I like say, Oh, Hey. And then I came hey, mom, you know, and like, I just miss that moment sometimes. At an intersection where you've been apart and now you're coming together. If you take a moment to just really be present in the moment, and that doesn't mean you ask a million questions. It just means take a moment to be present in the crossroads because that is where you will see if someone is injured spiritually, emotionally, physically. Yeah, because they have a hard time Mm -hmm. holding or hiding that during crossroad times. Mm -hmm. So whether they're going to school or coming home or whatever, put your phone down, pay attention, be present. And it's like a couple minutes, right? Yeah. A couple minutes and you will hopefully be able to see enough to go, "Eh, we need to keep, I need to keep an eye. Or I need to ask some questions. Yeah. Like be a little more. Or give them a hug. Like something's up and I might not be able to understand. We can't have that conversation now because they're not ready. I want them to know that I love them and I care about them and- you know, yeah, and that you care enough to pay attention to it. Yeah, and hey, you look like you maybe had a rough day today, and I love you and I care about you, and yeah, you know, if you need some time later, let me know. We can hang out. Yep, I like that. Anyway, I've I've really always remembered that when you've talked about that in the past, and I've tried to do it, and I do feel like it's made a little difference. I'm not perfect at it though. <laughs> Nobody is. Yeah, <laughs> we have routines for a reason. They're not terrible. They keep us alive. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, um, so another one is like high stress times. I feel like confound language or communication. Okay, so recently, this high stress, it was Halloween. I had envisioned this magical day. Holidays are stressful. Anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) I imagine this day, we had a big plan of what we wanted to do. Um, So I was working on dinner and I had gone out of the room. Someone was crying. I think Finn had a poopy diaper trying to do that. And then I realized dinner was burning. And as I'm trying to fix dinner, my husband's like, oh, hey, weren't we going to do this and this? I, how do we fit this in? And I'm like, I don't really know because all I'm doing is trying to fix this dinner that I burnt. And then people wanted to go trick-or-treating. And anyway, it was rough. And I kind of lost it. Oh, and the cat was missing. I was freaking out because the cat was missing. It was like the one thing that just tipped me over the edge. And so I stop and I'm like, does no one care about the cat like I do? It had nothing to do with the cat. And it's like, I can't even handle this anymore. Like you just like <laughs> lose it. And it's like, there's no, um, there's the Tower of Babel has exploded in that minute. <laughs> like there is no <laughs> tower has exploded. <laughs> now we're changing scripture. <laughs> No one can talk to each other and the tower is falling from the sky. Yes. That's how I feel. (laughs) Anyway. And so how are we ever going to communicate in those moments? Like, right. Those are definitely some mixing happening. Mm -hmm. That is so true. But it was a high stress moment and there, it was really hard to communicate efficiently in that moment. Like I could, if I would have just said, okay, I don't think we can add anything more to this night. Um, what if we just did this and we had candy and, you know, I simplified it and I could communicate that, that probably would have been better. But instead it was just like mass hysteria. So as you can clearly see, 
And when Emily talks about high stress, it was definitely a mix in to the things that mattered. You couldn't distinguish the important elements when that stress is taking over and in your day. And so all of these are great. And I'm sure if you take a minute, you'll be able to identify some things that confound the language in your home and with your family. And you can probably find one or two things that confound your language with God. The brother of Jared and Jared, they had this really unique thing going. They could help each other and the gifts that they both brought to communication and the way they used those gifts to communicate with God built and strengthened their family and saved them from, from some really difficult hardships um, that the rest of the people had to endure that didn't pray to God for their language not to be confounded. Um, but Emily was pointing this out, and I loved, I loved that she pointed out that each brother had a gift. So oh, I'm going to yeah. let her tell you about it because it's so cool. Like what a unique um, relationship that they had. We always hear like the brother of Jared. He was the one who went and prayed to God. He's the one who like saw the finger of God and ultimately saw God in the flesh. Um, he had such faith that, and we learned so much from him in an example, but I think Jared also had some really great gifts and because he had so much faith in his brother that if he asked his brother to go pray for something, that it would happen. That's why he went to his brother and said, can you pray for this? And that that must have been a gift for Jared to one, recognize the need and then communicate it to his brother. And his brother had enough trust in his in Jared that he's like, that must be a need because he's bringing it to me and I'm going to go pray for it. And his needs, the needs that Jared could see that he took to his brother to pray for were in some cases very detailed. I mean, we always focus on, maybe can you ask him not to confound our language so that you and I can talk? Like, yeah. I don't want to not be able to talk to you. You're my brother. And then he goes on to say, hey, maybe you can ask about our friends, which in the footnotes it says was really his family, their families and friends, which I love in this chapter that it includes their friends. I yeah. think about the friends that... I have in my little neighborhood here. And if something like this was happening, they are like family to me. And that sounds crazy, but I mean, they really are. And then well, you family. see them almost yeah. more than family. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would want them to be cared for and, and to be included in yeah. the blessings of this. And so I love that he has the foresight to see that need. And then his brother trusts him, like Emily said, but where it really gets detailed and where he, you can see his gift and his ability to see need and to really take that to the Lord or ask his brother to take it to the Lord. In chapter one, verse 38, where he says, hey, can you go inquire of the Lord? And then he gets super detailed, whether he's going to drive us out. Is he going to make us leave this land? And if he is going to drive us out, can you ask him where we should go? Like, where are we supposed to go if we're not supposed to be here? I mean, those are some pretty detailed questions. And then he goes on to say, if he's going to make us go somewhere else, maybe he could give us something really cool, like a choice land, like a land that would be awesome. (laughs) The brother of Jared goes to the Lord and asks him all of those things. And then that's what takes us on the rest of the journeys in in these chapters of the barges and coming to the promised land, which was an amazing story. But just the example that Emily pointed out of their gifts. Yeah. And it makes us wonder, like, do 
we have those different kinds of gifts because I think everyone has a different gift or a different way to communicate and they do it well. Mm-hmm. So can we recognize that in our family and like use those and like help those grow and help those become like have faith in it that they have that great gift like they had in each other. And, you know, we've just talked about like what confounds us when we recognize that we are being confounded, that the beginnings of that is happening in our home to combat those triggers of confounding. We, if we learn what each other's gifts are for communication, then we can help each other stay out of those places. And that gives us the Mm -hmm. core elements, right? If we recognize like good gifts of communication, then that keeps us with that core. We know what those are. Yeah. The better we get to know them and the more we support them in each other and speak of them in our homes, then the more they become routine and the easier they become to use in those moments when we're feeling that stress or that the thing that's getting in the way. And I think about my little family and their what their communication gifts are. My little seven-year-old, man, he has a gift for pointing out a compliment. He can do it. Mom, man, you look good today. Oh my. I mean, I need to have him over. And he's like detailed sometimes. He's like, man, mom, I love that shirt. Is that new? And I'm like, (laughs) no, but we should hug. (laughs) Right? Like Uh he's just very good at finding things to compliment. And he doesn't just do it with me. He does it with his sister. He does it with his dad. He does it. He does it with random people walking down the street. Hey, I like your dog. <laughs> like, oh my he is just, that's just who he is. And he's, Aww. so that is his gift and he does it well. And man, when something's happening that's stressful and he pulls out a compliment, you're like, all right, we're fine. Everything's fine. Yes. You just don't expect a detailed compliment for, from a seven-year-old and yes. he does it so well. So that is a gift that he has. And then I think of like, his little sister and she is really good. She's three and she is good at reminding you of what you say. (laughs) If you say that we don't say stupid, then she will remember and tell you, mom, we don't say stupid. And that's actually, I have, I have been corrected by her. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Emily has been corrected by her. I can, this is a true story. Yes, and so has my mom, and so has really everyone who ever lived, because like, when I decided to say that, I didn't realize how frequently everyone uses it. Yes. Um, but it's it's really helpful, though, because when she says, hey, mom, you said, or hey, dad, you said, it reminds us of the commitment we already made, well, that is a and gift. that is a gift. That is really cool. One of my boys is really good at physical affection. Like, he just always randomly comes and gives me hugs and it's just a little boost. And sometimes I'm like, okay, okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. You know, like it's like (laughs) two minutes anyway. And, um, but it's always a great reminder that I need to go hug some more kids, you know? And, um, I have another boy who actually is a, a boy of few words. He doesn't like to talk very much and he does like there'll be moments, but for the most part, he, just is a listener. He just listens. He's observer. And it surprises me what he's absorbed. Like, I always think he's not listening because he hasn't like communicated to me like, yeah, mom, I get it. You said this, like some of my other boys, but he gets it and he's really smart. He's just really good at listening and he doesn't need to express it afterwards. You know, anyway, there's just lots and lots of different ways 
that people have communicated gifts. I love that. I mean, everybody wants to be an observer and a listener, right? But recognizing it as a gift in someone in your home sometimes gets overlooked because they're the quiet ones. And I love that all of these gifts of communication are anecdotes to these things that can confound in our home. Yeah. If you think about the hug in a high stress situation or in a moment when, you know, you're heavily distracted with other things, it makes you stop. It makes you stop. Even if you're multitasking and you're in the middle of something that's super hard or you just, even if you're frustrated, you might not react appropriately, but afterwards you feel bad. And then you do, you know, like it just is, they are gifts to help us really connect back with the elements that are important and take out all the extra stuff that's mixed in that doesn't matter. Yes. And I love that. So this week, we hope that you will take a minute to identify those things that confound the relationships and the communication in your home and in your family. Find out what they are. It's probably just one or two things that gets in the way most often. And then look for the gifts of communication in each member of your home because, man, they will be the anecdotes you need to really combat these confounding things in your home. Those gifts will help you clear out all of that extra stuff that's mixed in and really stick to the things that matter. And the more you talk about them with each other and acknowledge them and praise them and encourage them, like, hey, I really, I love that you compliment me. And you know what? I can maybe use one right now. And you're the best, you're the best at that. Can you help me? And they throw you out a compliment or, you know what? I need a hug today. Or you look like you need a hug. And you start to recognize those moments in the crossroads too. Like practice the gifts at the crossroads and you will see some pretty significant um, differences in your home. And I really believe that when we do that, that it makes each person that we love and care about feel special Mm because we do that. It reminded me of like my mom, she would do this at the crossroads. She would have me come home and she's like, please just tell me a story, Emily. And I would tell her any sort of story, like a boy story, (laughs) uh, embarrassing story. And she just lived and thrived on it. And even to this day, she just loves hearing stories from my family now, but you you know, and it really just works. And it made me feel special knowing that she needed to hear that. Like Mm -hmm. I would even look for it in my day so I could come home and tell her. So anyway, I love that. I love that. It works. (laughs) It worked. It worked. I, and it's so neat to think you might already be doing it, mm. but let's recognize that and give yourself a pat on the back. It's true. And it's not just with your family. Your family will grow stronger as you practice these things, but so will your relationship with Christ. If you take the time, what's confounding your relationship with him and what is your gift? Recognize your gift of communication and start using that to try and talk to him. Oh my goodness, Alicia, I'm going to do that. I just really love that because what's running through my head right now is like, so what is your own gift? And I got thinking like, well, Alicia, for me, her really great gift is that no matter what, she can always make me feel good about myself. It doesn't matter if I'm feeling super crappy. 
and horrible. <laughs> she has this ability to validate everything that I'm feeling so I don't have to change anything and know that. And then I walk away feeling like such a great person. Like she, you guys, she's pretty great. So it's not that hard. Really good. <laughs> and I got thinking, well, what about my own gifts and, and what, what is something that I can do? But, and if I can name that and then get really and then communicate that with Heavenly Father to grow my relationship with Heavenly Father. Okay, yes. I just think that's so important for us to know as well, and not only in our families and their individuals, but also about ourselves. So I'm totally going to put Emily on the spot. Oh, no. Do you think you know one of your gifts of communication? Okay, well, when I was talking about my mom and just saying how I'd come home and tell stories, I... I'm kind of a jabberbox. It's one of the things I love. I love, love, love. I can probably talk to anyone about anything. I just, I just talk all the time. And I think it's probably from like telling stories. So, and so maybe with my Heavenly Father, I could talk more like that. Like, you know, instead of making a list, like, please help me with this, but I could tell it in a story form. I might grow a little more closer to him. Anyway, we hope you guys have a really great week and we just love Love being able to have this podcast so we can grow our communication and better relationship with our Heavenly Father as well. That was so great. I just loved everything we talked about. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And we are just looking forward to next week and we hope to have you come along next time. Have a great week. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for sharing a piece of your day with us. It goes farther and longer than you ever mean to our hearts. So thank you. And if you have younger age primary kids, um, we have loved Miss Lindsay's Come Follow Me podcast. My little three-year-old does all the songs and the stories are great and they will listen to them over and over and over again. So they're about 10 minutes long, a little bit longer sometimes, but it's perfect for the littles. So yeah. if you need something for Come Follow Me for your little kids, oh man, it's a great one. You're going to love it. Go Lin- check it out. Yeah, Lindsay's great. I think that's all. Is yeah. that all? Is yeah. That, did you have something else? No, that's good. Oh, we're so glad you guys are here with us. Big, big, huge hug to you. Yep. A virtual one because, you know, pandemics. And have a great week. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. All I have <laughs> in my mind is welcome, welcome. And I'm having a hard time focusing. Either okay. one through five we are. <laughs> Please do that. Oh, goodness. All right. There was a genuine concern for Gus. Gus is the cat. Oh, Gus, man. Gus is naughty. He I can't decide if he's like really smart or really dumb. <laughs> no one's dumb. That's what Emma says. We don't say that. Right. We don't say that. Or stupid. Was it stupid? Dumb or stupid. Yeah, we don't Either say dumb one. Or stupid, no. I know. You guys are better than me. <laughs> I usually don't say stupid with my kids. I don't let my kids say, oh, I say it all the time. I am. Hmm. Well, there is many a day where mom, where she's like, mom, we don't stay stupid. No. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just saying that is stupid. I don't think any person is stupid. Exactly. There's many things that are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm debating this. A cat can be stupid because they don't understand it. They don't know I'm talking about. I don't know. I did just buy them some fancy treats. I mean, I really do love them. Oh, see. And they're missing right now. I don't know where they are. Both of them? Yeah, I couldn't find them at home. I don't know where they are. 
my goodness. Your cats They're just are cats. Leaving. They're like the neighborhood cats. Everyone knows Gus. Everyone I've been talking to is like, oh, I took your cat on a walk the other day. We tried to get him to follow us. And... Nice. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. High stress. 